I tell you what, you're here, whether you realize it or not, by divine appointment. You're not here by mistake. And the message I believe that the Lord has for us today is what we need to hear today. You know, we live in a world that is, uh, <laughs> is changing all the time. It's really hard to keep up with things. It's a world that, it's a mixed up world. It's a world that's confused. It's a world that is looking for answers. It's a world that is filled with fear and anxiety. At the same time, the world can be a beautiful place. How many know there's beautiful things to see? You can see God's creation. And you see God's creation and you think, man, what have we got in store for us in heaven? I'm telling you what, if, if, if there's any spectacular thing that you can see on this earth that just blows your mind... Well, think about what we get to look forward to. I'm telling you, because this is just a poor glimpse of it. I mean, God's got some good things ahead of us. The world, I believe, is filled with wonderful people. But at the same time, the world is chaotic. The world is running in all directions. As I mentioned, the world, um, in, in the middle of this chaotic stream of things that are going on, this noise all the time, even though it's a beautiful world, it's also filled with pain. It's filled with sickness. It's filled with poverty. And people are looking for answers and the world does not have them. The world doesn't have them. And it seems to be getting worse. It seems to be getting darker, which is exactly what the Bible says would happen. The world is imperfect. It's been messed up and twisted by sin and by death. But there is an answer to all these problems. Anybody know his name? Everybody say Jesus. He's the answer to all these problems. He's the answer to the problem in your life. He's the answer. Everybody say he's the answer. He's the solution. He's the one that will help you fix things. Because remember, what does he want for you? He wants you to be healthy in life. He wants you to be prosperous. He wants you to enjoy life. He didn't say there wouldn't be challenges. He didn't say there wouldn't be struggles. He didn't say there wouldn't be dark, difficult times. But he said through it all, he wants us to live a life of victory. And we can. It's all on us. All we have to do is walk with the Lord. All we have to do is trust his word. And if we'll walk with him step by step, we'll make it through any experience this world can throw at us. If the Bible says clearly, Jesus said himself, that if we'll build our life on His Word and be a doer of His Word, no matter what comes at us, no matter what challenge comes at us, we'll come through on the other side. And guess what? You'll be better than you were on the other side. And the wonderful thing is, then you have a testimony. Then you have a victory, amen, to show how the Lord brought you through. Praise God. God is good to us. But what we have to do is, we have to trust Him. We have to trust that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. We have to trust that even when things look bad, even when things are their darkest, the Lord is still holding my hand. He didn't let go. Even in our darkest times, if we stay with Him, He'll always lead us through that darkness into light and life and peace. We need to remember, just like on a cloudy day, What's on the other side of those clouds? 
the sun. Anybody ever, ever take a flight and bust through the clouds? Maybe there was a storm when you took off and it was so dark and dreary. And then all of a sudden you bust through those clouds and all of a sudden it's bright and it's shining. Well, guess what? It's always bright and shining. But the devil would like you to focus on the storm. He would like you to just, all there is is misery. All there is is darkness. All there is is these bad things. In fact, what he wants you to do is get so lost, you begin to separate yourself from those who would help you. Separate yourself from church. Separate yourself from everybody. Because after all, it looks that miserable. It looks that bad. When in reality, the sun is shining on the other side. And so if the devil can keep your eyes on the storms that occur in life, you're going to go through some sad, difficult times. No wonder there's so many people that are depressed. It's really sad that there are Christians that get depressed. That's ridiculous. When we have the Lord Jesus Christ and all the good things that He has for us, let me give you a quick solution to depression. You ready? I'm not saying it's the answer for all things, but I can tell you this. Stop thinking about yourself and do something for someone else. Because what is depression all about? Me, 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 me. So if you just get your eyes off yourself and start looking to help and bless other people, you'll all of a sudden feel better and you'll forget about your problem. Amen? And then there's a wonderful thing that occurs. You reap what you sow. And so you start helping other people and other people start helping you. Amen? Boy, there's free advice right there. <laughs> this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to look at Psalm 23. About every, I don't know, year and a half a year, I get stirred up that the Lord wants me to go over this. And, and I believe every time we do, the Lord shows us something new, something we haven't seen before. And I encourage you this morning, open your heart and mind. Don't just, oh, I've heard that before, I know that, or that's my favorite psalm. Listen, this isn't pizza. You know what I'm saying? You know how you can have your favorite pizza, you can have your favorite ice cream or whatever, and you look at it that way. Man, this is the life-changing Word of God that'll set you free. And that's how you look at it. Pizza never set me free. In fact, I got some right now. It seems to want to stick with you, you know? The fact is, is that God's Word is the most powerful thing that can absolutely transform our lives, transform us. And so that's how I want you to see things this morning. That's how I want you to look at things. You know, when we look at even David, he was someone very, very familiar with the opportunity to fear. David <laughs> lived a life where people were chasing him down to kill him. Anybody got that problem? No, no one here, okay? Praise God we live in America, amen? We live in a good place. We can all walk and go to the mall and typically on most days feel like no one's going to pull a gun out and shoot us. Amen? I'm telling you, that's a good thing. You come to church, none of you are, are, are fearful that something's going to happen or somebody's going to run in there and say, you guys can't talk about the Word of God. You can't talk about those things. Praise God, we're free. Say, I'm free. Praise God for America. Amen. Praise God. God bless America. Praise God. But the fact is, David at that time, he lived in a very difficult, tumultuous time in his life. He was being chased he didn't know where his next meal was coming from. He didn't, he didn't know where he would sleep and be safe. 
he had so many things going on in his life, so many difficulties, so many challenges that I'm sure he would question a lot of things. God, what did I do? I mean, look at all that's going on in my life. Yet, if you follow David's life, you find that even though he went through difficulties, he always went back to the Lord and he always got through it victoriously. God always brought him through. What that's telling us is that we're going to go through challenging times. I'm here to tell you this morning, I got good news. You're not dead yet, so you're going to go through difficult times. Okay? You're going to go through dark, challenging times. Everybody got that? I know, man, you know. I mean, I heard someone say one time, tell another preacher, preacher, will you pray that the devil will leave me alone? He said, uh, sure, but the only thing I can do is ask the Lord to take you to heaven. <laughs> well, I don't want to die. Well, then you might as well welcome to the club. You know, the fact is, we're on this earth, and while we're here, we're going to go through difficulties and challenges. But the good news is what? We don't have to fail. We don't have to fall on our face. We can go through those difficulties, those challenges, victoriously. We can come out the other side and even learn from it and be a blessing to someone else. We can come out stronger. How many know the only way you get stronger is what? If you want to get stronger in your body, what do you have to do? You have to have resistance. Everybody say resistance. Resistance makes you stronger. Amen? When you, when you go against resistance, it makes you stronger. Well, that's the, the issue in life. Now, you can hide somewhere and say, I won't bother you, you don't bother me, and live in a little cave somewhere and just hide. Or you can hold up your flag big and high and say, I'm for Jesus. I'm going to live for Jesus, and I'm going to tell others about it, and I'm going to walk in victory. It's your choice. Now, don't get me wrong. The devil is still going to hassle you some if you try to go hide. Why? You're going to be full of depression. You're alone, right? So it's not so great, is it? I'd rather just jump in the fight. Amen? Give glory to God. Amen? But we get to do it victoriously. Let me show you a scripture. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. You ought to mark this in your Bible. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What does he give us through Jesus? Victory. Everybody say victory. Now say it like you mean it. Victory! Victory. Amen. Victory. Victory. Praise God. That's a strong word. Victory. It means a lot. Well, victory is given to us through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is what we should be expecting. Now, as we go through Psalm 23, again, I want you to open your hearts and minds. I don't want you to have this attitude. I've heard that. Just kind of erase things. Just picture your mind as one big whiteboard, and you're just going to kind of wipe it out and see things fresh and new. Have an anticipation in your heart, an expectancy. The Lord's going to show me something today I've never seen. The Lord's going to set me free. The Lord's going to grow me up today. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So let's begin. Verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The word Lord there um, in the Hebrew is Jehovah. Everybody say Jehovah. Now Jehovah is the personal name of God. Like I would be called, you'd call me Ken, okay? Or I would, I, I would call her Cindy or my wife Lise or, or some of her relatives, Lee, as if Lisa isn't short enough, you know? They go Lee, or something like that. You have a personal name people call you by. Well, the personal name of God is Jehovah, okay? 
Now think about this. What he's saying is this. The Lord is my shepherd. He's not even thinking about someone else. He's saying the Lord is my shepherd. Everybody say that with me. The Lord is my shepherd. Now I want you to point at yourself and we're going to do it again. You ready? The Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd. Yeah, he may be yours, but he's mine. He's my shepherd. He leads me. He guides me. He protects me. Which are three things I want you to notice. I want you to take notice in the first four verses. There's only six verses. In the first four verses, there are three things that I want you to notice. One is, uh, these are three things the shepherd does for us. One is, he guides us, right? He directs us. He leads us, okay? Number two is, he provides for us. The Lord is my shepherd because he's my shepherd, because the Lord is my shepherd. Who is the Lord? God Almighty. Does he have any lack of resources? Is there anything my God cannot do? Right? All things are possible to him. He is I mean God Almighty. So that's why I can confidently say, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. I shall not lack anything. Notice, he didn't specify what he might want, or what the issue might be. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not need. I shall not lack for anything. Everybody say anything. Anything. You think of it. The Lord is my shepherd. God Almighty is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack for anything. If I'm going to have a shepherd, he's certainly the one to have, huh? Amen? Anybody else can run out of Bill Gates. He could lose his money, right? But God Almighty can't. He owns everything. The earth and the Lord's, what? And all its fullness, everything in it belonged to him. And I'm his child. Praise God. I'm considered his sheep, and he's the shepherd. That means what? Do the sheep provide for the shepherd, or does the shepherd provide for the sheep? Right? The shepherd provides for the sheep. So one is he guides us, he leads us, he directs us. Number two is he provides for us. He takes care of everything in our life, just like a shepherd would for the sheep. The sheep guys don't go shopping. Okay, What does the shepherd do? The shepherd leads them to the place of provision and there's the provision it's taken care of all they got to do is what be sheep right sheep aren't asked to do anything more than that just be sheep eat grass right (laughs) grow more you know i mean just that's it get fat you know just take care of it you know do what you got to do be a sheep we also have a third thing that he does and that is he protects us he protects us he provides the ultimate security package. You can't do any better than the Lord. Amen? How many of you sleep here? Right? Some of you don't. That's amazing. Let's try that again. How many of you sleep here? I don't mean here. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Even my own wife. That's what I thought you meant. I meant sleep, okay? Now, does the Lord sleep, is my point. He neither sleeps nor slumbers, right? And so, 
why do I need to be wake up worrying if he's out there taking care of everything and he's always awake and he knows everything about everything? Do you guys understand that? He knows everything about everything about everything about everything. There's nothing he doesn't see. There's nothing he doesn't know and there's nothing he can't do. Man, I'm telling you, he's a big God, and he's my shepherd. Say it again with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, he goes in from there, and he goes into verse 2, and he goes into, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Now, most of you have experienced this, hopefully all of you, where um, you've been on some grass that was just lush. I mean, you walked out on it and you just wanted to take your shoes off because it was so nice. It was thick and lush and soft. And, you know, now some of you are familiar with the Oklahoma grass. Crunch, crunch, crunch in some areas, you know, unless you're watering real good. But what I'm saying is, anybody know what I'm talking about? You've been where the grass was just gorgeous. It was just dark green and thick and lush and it just felt good it just was you just want to lay down on it it's just nice well the bible says this the lord makes me to lie down in green pastures now why does he have the sheep lie down well because they need to rest they got to take a break i mean after all there's so much eating they can do and moving from spot to spot and so he i want you to get this though the lord makes them the lord does it The Lord wants you to rest, and He wants you to be comfortable doing it. He wants you to have time to where you're comfortable. He wants you to be filled with peace. That's why the Bible says, He leads me beside the still waters. Not the roaring waters, okay? Not not the waters that are making lots of noise, but the peaceful still waters. Now, what does those peaceful still waters represent? They represent life, refreshing. They they represent the flow of peace. Now, that's what the Lord has for us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in peace and comfort on beautiful, soft, tender grass right next to still, peaceful waters. So when I want to go up and get a drink, it's easy. It's not a problem. It refreshes me. It takes care of me. Does the Lord want to take care of us? Does He want us to be healthy and strong? He wants you to be comfortable. He wants you to get rest. He wants you to sleep. Some of you, that's a foreign idea. Some of you have a real problem with that. You just, I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to do this and I just don't have time to sleep. And somewhere in there you squeeze in a little bit. Well, guess what? That's not healthy for you. That's not what the Bible says. In fact, the Bible talks about take at least one day off and just chill. (laughs) One day and just chill. And even at that, you need to stop life at a certain time and get some rest overnight. Why? So that you can be refreshed. So that you wake up sharp and ready to go. Everybody say amen. Some of you need to do that. Some of you need to take that seriously in your life you need to, now that doesn't mean 12 hours a day okay but a good eight hours give or take some some of you might be seven some of you might be nine or whatnot somewhere in there you need to stop life 
You need to chill. You need to not have any music playing. You need to just not have the noise of everything and just go to sleep. And if you have a problem with that, then what you do is you lay down and the Bible promises you sleep. There are several. I don't know the scriptures off the top of my head. I know Proverbs 3, I believe, has one. I shall lie down and my sleep shall be sweet. How many like sweet sleep? Amen. I mean, you're sleeping like a baby. I mean, you just... You sleep all night. You're rested. You're refreshed when you get up. That's what the Lord wants for us. There's another scripture that the Bible promises us sleep. He gives His beloved sleep. He wants us to rest. All right? Everybody say rest. But notice how it's God's idea in verse 2. You don't have to feel guilty resting some when you need it. You don't have to feel bad. The Lord makes me to lie down in green, soft, tender grass in a comfortable setting. And he leads me beside the still waters. Now, the beginning of verse 3 goes into, kind of along the same lines, he restores my soul. He restores my soul. Now, your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's your soul, okay? Your soul is not your spirit. Your spirit is different, all right? The Bible says that we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Your spirit is the part of you made in the image of God. Your soul would be your personality. It would be your, your will, your emotions, your mind. What makes you a little bit different than everybody else? You think differently. You look at things differently. You have different personalities. How many here are grateful that not everybody in your family likes everything just like you like it? Amen? You'd like it sometimes. I wish everybody would just do it my way, okay? But, but the fact is, we're all different, all right? That's what makes it neat. Everybody in this room is different and have different tastes and different ways of looking at things, and, and, and we're different. Praise God for that difference. But your soul is an important part of you. Your soul is connected to your spirit. It's going to go to heaven with you, and your soul is the part of you that needs refreshing. It can get worn out, overstimulated. It can have too many things going on. The Lord refreshes us when we're weak and tired, when we're overwhelmed, when we're emotionally drained. You ever been there? I mean, to where girls react different than guys sometimes. A a female might get emotionally drained and finally just ball and the guy's standing there thinking why are you bawling you know that doesn't seem logical to me now i might want to hit something i might want to take the toaster and throw it across the room you know or go out and just beat on something you know that might be a guy's reaction it varies but the fact is is that how many know what i'm talking about when emotionally drained you're just wiped out you just can't take it anymore you've been pushed to the edge We've all experienced that, weak from the stresses of life. Sometimes did you ever, you ever think, when will this storm end? It's like you got beat down, and then another beating comes, and another beating comes, and more bad news, and more bad news, and more bad news, and more bad news, and you just feel like you're getting pounded into the ground. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I've been there several times. I mean, the pressures of life just squeezing on me. Well, guess what? I can only take so much. And so the Lord here, He restores my soul. He refreshes me. He gives me new life. He strengthens me. Let's look at a scripture, Isaiah 40, 31. 
But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now that, that scripture, those who wait on the Lord, many people read that and they think, oh, yeah, just rest and relax and chill and I'll just wait on the Lord. And that's not really what that scripture is talking about. It really is more along the lines of, I am serving the Lord, and while I am serving the Lord, while I'm living for the Lord, while I'm doing those things, and how many of you know that part of serving, part of living your life for the Lord is what? Fellowshipping with Him, right? There's, there's a part there, too, where I just commune with Him. I just connect with Him. I spend time in prayer. I spend time in His Word. But the fact is this, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Those who wait on the Lord, those who are connected to the Lord. See, when you stay close to the shepherd, when you follow the shepherd, he knows what you need when you need it. He knows when you need a break. He knows how to restore your soul. But the problem is, a lot of us, what we do is when we get stressed out in life, when we get difficulty, what do we do? I need a break. And we start separating ourselves from things and doing other things that we think are helping and they're really not helping. The fact is, when you have difficulties in life, when you're stressed out, when you feel like, I just can't take it anymore, draw closer to the Lord, not farther away. Draw, Get on your knees and get before your face and tell Him about it. Say, Lord, this is where I'm at. And be honest with Him. I'm having difficulty. I'm having a challenge. I don't know what to do. And you lay it before him. And what does the Bible say? His mercy and grace are going to come cover you. And he's going to help you. But see, sometimes you want to act like Mr. Cool and you've got it together all the time. And you almost try to play that off on the Lord. Like, like he doesn't see right through you. But see, how many of you know the Lord won't make you do anything? If you decide, I'm going to run the show. I'm going to do things. I can handle it. I'm my own man. I'm an adult. I can do it. I don't need help from anybody. And you carry that all with the Lord. He'll let you carry it. He's not going to come in your life and just force it away. But the best thing you can do is admit, God, I'm not very good at running my life. I need help. I don't know what to do. I am so stressed out. It's affecting my marriage. It's affecting my relationship with people. It's affecting my job. It's affecting my finance. It's affecting every area. How many of you know that if you let a problem go, it doesn't get better? If you ignore a problem in your car, what happens? Eventually becomes a big problem, right? If you ignore a leak in your house, guess what's going to happen? If you ignore it and ignore it and ignore it, where it would have only cost a few dollars to deal with it, now it's what? Now you got mold. Now you have the you know, expensive plumber bills because this happened and this deteriorated and got worse and worse and worse. When if you would have dealt with it when it was a simple challenge, if you would just go before the Lord and, and, and have that meltdown with Him, so to speak, you won't have the meltdown with everything else in life. See... This is something we need to get. Listen carefully. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened. Come to him. And what did he say he would do? He said, I'll give you rest. 
I'll bring you to that place of the soft, tender grass and the still waters. I'll fix those things in your life. But if you continue to run it on your own and you do your own thing, you're on your own. And God will work with you the best He can. But that doesn't have to be that way. You can go to Him. What did He say to us? He said, listen to me carefully. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Is there a yoke and a burden? Yes. Yes. If I'm going to serve and honor the Lord, there's a yoke there. But it's easy. It's easy if I go to the Lord. It's easy if I involve the shepherd. But if I try to run my own life, if I try to do everything on my own, and I don't go to Him, then it's going to be hard. I'm going to feel burdened down. I'm going to go through life, and it's going to be very difficult. How many know that if you are burdened down and you're pressured down, it's eventually going to impact your relationships? It's eventually going to start hitting things in your life. Don't go that route. Go to the Lord. Get refreshed. Amen? Now, the latter part of verse 3 says, He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And that sounds like, that isn't words we would normally use in our normal language, you know? Um, This is a better way of looking at this. For He leads me in the paths of righteousness. That sounds very religious to me. A better way of saying this is this. He leads me in the right direction. He leads me in the right direction. That's what righteous is, being right. And so he leads me in the right direction. The Lord leads us in the right direction. Would he ever lead us in the wrong direction? Does he know what's best for us? Can he see farther than you? Does he know your future better than you know your past? So if we're walking with him and he's our shepherd, even though we may seemingly be in a difficult place, if I'm walking with him, am I in the right place? You see, many times as we go into the next verse in a moment, many people, they start seeing problems in their life and they start looking at themselves. Where did I go wrong? What did I do? Did I sin? Did I miss the Lord? I want you to see something. Who's leading us? The shepherd is leading us, right? He leads me in right paths. He leads me in the right direction. He's pointing me in the right. This is where I want you to go. Now, he's also there with me, right? Because the shepherd doesn't give directions to the sheep, right? Does the shepherd write notes down and say, here, sheep, take that? (laughs) We have no evidence the sheep can read, (laughs) let alone how would he hold a note? Okay? The fact is what? The shepherd is what? Following, right? I mean, leading. He's leading. So all I got to do is in life keep my eyes on the shepherd. Keep my eyes on Jesus. Keep my eyes on where he's going. That means I'm staying close to him. I'm focused on him. And where's he going? He's leading me in the right direction, right? Now, the other part of the verse that's really interesting is that he leads me in right paths or righteous paths for his name's sake. How many of you know the Lord has a reputation? Is it a good one? Why does he keep his word? (laughs) because his name is on the line right his reputation you know you ever you, you we have all heard the expression that someone's word is their 
bond, right? We don't see that so much in our current world, do we? No, you go buy a house, what do you got to do? Man, we got to hire someone just to help us get through the paperwork. The title company's got to, I mean, there's zillions of things involved and all kinds of paperwork you got to sign. And and if if you go um, buy a car, is there just one little paper you sign? No. You spend what? Half an hour filling out paperwork and they're making copies and bringing back more and, right? We don't live in a world where I can just shake hands and we got a deal. All right, should be that way, right? But the problem is what? People don't keep their word. But the Lord always keeps his word. If he gave his word, he is bound by it. In fact, do you know this? That if God ever broke his word, the entire universe would come apart. You read this, Hebrews chapter 1. That everything is held together by the word of his power. Everything is held together. He never breaks his word. He has a reputation in line. And now this is the beauty of it. For his name's sake. He wants to use you and your life to show the world he is faithful. He wants the world to see it through you. He wants you to be a living, breathing testimony of the power of God at work in someone's life. That He always met your need. That He was always there. That He always led you. That He always kept His word. For His name's sake. Think about this. (laughs) What kind of reputation would a shepherd have if he was completely irresponsible with the sheep? Not much of one, right? God's not that way. The Lord is my shepherd. He'll never let me down. He'll never leave me. He will never forsake me. He'll always be there. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. Say it with me again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm telling you, you need to say that over and over and over. Get it down in your heart. He, listen to me, he has a reputation to maintain. He's not going to let you down. He's not going to let you fail. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care how difficult the situation. If you are following the shepherd, you will be okay. Now, how do I know this? Well, verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He's with us. He's with us. Say, He's with me. The Scripture says that we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, the previous verse says what? That He is what? He is leading us and right past. Now, all of a sudden, sometimes in life, I find myself in the the valley of the shadow of death. Is it possible the Lord led me that direction? Now I'm going to say something I want you to understand. Or you repeat this with me. Say, God is a good God. He doesn't have any sickness. He doesn't have poverty. He doesn't have any evil thing. Now how does God train us and correct us? The Bible says through His Word. Okay, His Word. Everybody say His Word. 
He doesn't use circumstances, bad circumstances, to show you something. I want you to make that clear. But sometimes we find ourselves in the middle of dark times, challenging times. We find ourselves, all of a sudden, things were going pretty good, and all of a sudden it got kind of dark so to speak. Life is, I'm having some difficulties and challenges all of a sudden. Things aren't going so well. And the first thing many of us think is, what did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong? What bad decision did I make? Now, it is entirely possible that if you are truly walking with the Lord, and only you know that, you are, I mean, you are truly walking with the Lord, you're walking according to the Word, you're watching your words, you're walking in love, and you're going along, and all of a sudden, you find, He's leading you, and all of a sudden, you find yourself in this challenging time. I want you to look at it this way. The Lord didn't place you there to teach you something, but perhaps that was the shortest distance between two points. Anybody get what I'm saying? In other words, he leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. In other words, he's trying to get me to the other side over there, and he's trying to do it his way. How many know that he makes the crooked places straight? Now, a dark place to me is where I cannot see. Can any of you see where you're going if the road is crooked? You can't, can you? It looks dark to you. It looks difficult to you. But I'm walking with the Lord going through this thing. And even though it looks bad, I know the Lord's with me. It'll be okay. And we're going to come out the other side. The Bible didn't say I camped in the valley of the shadow of death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Are we going to experience storms of life? Yes. Do we have to be uh, beaten down by them? defeated by them absolutely not absolutely not yea though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death is a shadow real a shadow's a lie shadow is not the truth i could take a little mouse this big and if i do light right i could make that mouse as big as this whole stage and he'd seem really scary but the reality is i could go Knock him to the other side. He's nothing, right? A shadow, say it with me, a shadow is a lie. It's not, it's not real. There's nothing to a shadow. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It looks bad, just like it looks bad when we're in a storm till we break through the clouds and find out, holy cow, it's not raining up here. It's beautiful, it's sunny, it's gorgeous, it's, it's wonderful. The storm only lasts for so long. How many know storms don't do this? They come over a place and just hang. <laughs> They're moving, aren't they? They're just moving. They might be moving slow, but they are moving, okay? Eventually, no matter how dark it looks around here sometimes, we know the sun's going to come through eventually, you know? And we're all in awe by it. You know, we go five days, cloudy, and all of a sudden the sun breaks through. It's just as a thing of beauty. It's just like, wow, you know, we needed that. But the fact is, all along, the sun was there. It was shining. God was there the whole time. We walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Say it with me. I will fear no evil. I won't fear anything. Why? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What do I need to be concerned about? He's walking with me. He's got me. For you are with me, your rod and your staff 
they comfort me. Your rod. His rod, the shepherd would carry the rod and he would use it, for example, against a wolf or something else. In other words, God's rod will protect you. And then he has his staff that leads you, that directs you, that guides you in the right direction. They comfort you. Do you remember when you were a kid and uh, really little and maybe you had a problem with being in the dark? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean dark, 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 or you'd hear a noise. Or Me, I was amazing what my imagination could pull right out of the wallpaper. I mean, everything under the sun could come out of that wallpaper. And I don't know why I had more of a challenge maybe than others. My brother never thought about it, but my imagination was very uh, vivid. I didn't watch horror movies. The reason I did I wasn't scared necessarily. I just didn't need to feed this imagination. I'm doing quite fine on my own. I don't need to feed it, you know. I don't need to help it, you know. I mean, I've got enough going on in my mind, you know. But the fact is, Isn't it comforting to know that your parents are just on the other side or someone there? Or maybe when you were a little kid, you were scared and you'd grab someone's hand, an adult's hand, and you were comforted. Anybody know I'm talking about? Am I the only one? All right. I mean, your, your, your kids, when they were little, if those of you had kids, would run into the bed if, you know, a thunderstorm went on or whatever, you know, or something like that that scared them, and so you comforted them. Well, that's what the Lord does for us. He's with us. He's with us. His rod covers us from danger, and His staff leads us. I can see His staff. It comforts me. It, it, makes me, it reminds me He's there with me. He's holding my hand. He's not off somewhere. See, sometimes when we're in the middle of the storm or the dark, we're like, Lord, where are you? He's right there. You guys all know the story about, remember the guy on the beach? And you only see one set of footprints? Where were you, Lord, the whole time? And you come to find out at the end that he was the one carrying you. (laughs) Listen to me. Say this with me. Say, the Lord, my shepherd, will never leave me, and he will never forsake me. Amen. I got his word on it. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. Now, the Bible says this because of that. The reason he gave us that word, I'll never leave you and never forsake you, so that we may boldly say, what? That we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can any in this world do to me when I know the Lord's with me? Amen? Praise God, that's good. Verse 5. Now he goes into the victory part. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. God is a gracious host, prepares a banquet just for you. Larry, what's your absolute favorite dinner item? So we can picture, picture the banquet table that the Lord has for him, you know, churches or KFC, <laughs> overflowing, you know, with some stuff. My point is, I want you to think of whatever good thing, whatever luscious thing, whatever the things you enjoy, and the Lord preparing a banquet just for you. Now listen, this is the beauty of it. Right in the midst of your enemy. The devil having to just sit there and watch you be blessed. And he can't do anything about it. You get that picture? You get this beautiful banquet set up before you. And God does it 
to where the devil has to watch. And you just sit there and, you know, I mean, eating your fried chicken. How many of you would choose a ribeye over the fried chicken or New York strip or, you know, baked potato loaded with everything on it, you know, your favorite cheesecake, I don't know, whatever. But the point is you're overloaded on it and your enemy has to sit there and just watch you. As you're sitting there enjoying it and he can't do anything about it. He just has to watch. You see that? The devil could never touch you. Why? The Lord is my shepherd. He led me and guided me and took care of me. He never left me. And now the devil's having to watch me get blessed. In other words, I made it through the valley of the shadow of death. I got the victory. And he has to watch it right in front of me. And the Bible says that he anoints my head with oil. Now that has many meanings, but some of it would be the Lord's favor, his blessing, refreshing in your life. It's like taking a cool shower on a really, really hot and miserable day. You know what I'm talking about? You ever jump in a cool pool? And I mean, it's 110 outside and it's nice and cool. And oh my gosh, just the rush of it. It just feels good. It refreshes you. Or maybe you were working really, really hard and somebody hands you a glass of iced tea, you know, and you just, it just, you know, and you got in the shade and you feel refreshed. You feel better. That's what the Lord has for us. He says, my cup runs over. You know what? That's implying that my cup is full and overflowing. It implies abundance in my life. It implies no lack and it's overflowing. David is saying through his personal intimate communion with the Lord, his own personal connection with the Lord, that he has no lack, that he's abundantly provided for. That's you and me. Abundance. Abundance. Life in it more abundantly. I don't have just enough. I have more than enough. Amen? More than enough to meet my needs, my family's needs, and more than enough to give into every good work. I can be a blessing everywhere I go. I'm not looking for someone to buy me lunch. I can buy the lunch. You understand? I can do the things. I can be the blessing. I can give the big gift. Verse 6. Here we wrap it up. This is our life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God gives us life, and that more abundantly, so that we can say, surely goodness and mercy has followed me all the days of my life. I can say that in my own life, since I've been living for the Lord. Surely goodness and mercy. Goodness over here, mercy over here, or one or the other. They switch once in a while. But goodness and mercy, are, you're going to find them around me all the time. Always being blessed. Always at the right place at the right time. Always with the need being met and more than enough. Always, always, always. That is available to all of us to look at life and say, man, I can tell you, goodness and mercy have followed me everywhere. And because of that, because of all the wonderful things the Lord has done for me, because of everything that we've seen so far, I want to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to stay connected to Him. I want to fellowship with Him. I want to be near Him. Amen? A part of that is coming to church. Part of that is our connection and personal time with Him. I want to be with Him. Why? Because I can look at my life and see all that He's done. That the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. 
He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of the righteous for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm telling you guys, God has a peace. He has a life that we can go to another level. You may have been doing good, but you can reach out and go to another level. How do you do that? By following the shepherd, by not wandering off. Listen carefully. When the difficulties of life come, and they will, we ought to rejoice in God's grace, listen, toward us and for us, rather than be overcome with anxiety in our walk with God. We don't have to live in fear and anxiety. We're supposed to enjoy life. Let's all smile again. Enjoy life. Enjoy life. Praise God. Now listen, a shepherd leads, guides, protects, feeds, and cares for the sheep. He provides for their every need. What did I say the sheep got to do? Just follow the shepherd. Just follow the shepherd. What does that mean? That this is his word. He said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. And they follow me. So we follow his word. We learn by going to church, by reading the Bible on our own. We learn as he speaks to us that we yield, that we get him involved, that we fellowship with the Lord. And as we do that, and as we walk with him daily, we know that all these other things we can confess, we have operating in our life. I encourage you, learn Psalm 23. Confess it. Meditate on it. Think on it. Talk it. Make confessions out of it. Why? Because you'll have it in your heart. And it will remind you when you need it. When that storm of life is about to hit, the Lord will pull that right out of your belly. And you'll just know it'll be okay. It'll be okay. He's leading me. Listen to me carefully, though. And this is a warning. A sheep that wanders, that is rebellious, and wants to do things their way, will find themselves outside the provision and protection of the shepherd. It's not because the shepherd doesn't care it's because the sheep refuses to obey, and there's nothing the shepherd could do about it. The fact is, if the sheep wander away from the sheepfold, they're vulnerable to the enemy. What does that mean? Stay close to the shepherd. Stay close to the shepherd. Stay close to the body of Christ. Stay close to where God's called you. Now listen carefully to this statement. Be faithful to where the shepherd placed you. For where the shepherd placed you is your place of provision. It is your place of protection. It is the place where God called you to be. That's your place of peace. Some of you have been searching for that in your life. You've been searching for peace. You've been searching for that place to belong, that place that God has called me. Well, I'm telling you that if this is the place God has called you, then go all in. Go all in. And you'll find that that's the sheepfold I belong to. That's what a local church is. It's a sheepfold. And guess what? I'm the under-shepherd under the chief shepherd, Jesus, who is the Lord, our shepherd. And what he does, he speaks to me certain things, and he will feed the sheep and help direct them, help lead them, help guide them. No one's telling anybody what to do, but this is a safe place. We learn, we grow, we develop. Sometimes we get sheared. You ever been sheared? 
Sheep got to be sheared occasionally. And sometimes they don't like that. They don't want that. But the fact is, sometimes that's my job. God will take the Word of God and just shear some things right off of you. <laughs> you know, He'll direct you. He'll help you. But at the same time, you're blessed. You're healthy. You're strong. You're full of peace. Amen? That's the way it should be.